for the past few years, as we've been going into a new year, I've been asking God to, to help give me a word. What is it, God, that, that, that what word should define this next year for, for us and, and specifically for our church? And in 2022, the, that word was launch, and, and that was very real for us, that objective for us to get this, this dream, this idea, this concept, and actually turn it into a reality. And so in 22, we actually did that. We went from it being this idea and dream and, and something that God had planted in the heart of our family, then to all of a sudden seeing it spread to our community group and which turned into a launch team, which turned into a church that launched in September of 2022. And we got off to such a great start. We saw God do so many different amazing things through that process and got to meet so many of you that now call this your church home. And as we were heading into 2023, I, I was doing the same thing. I was trying to ask God, what is it? What is the word? What is that word that's gonna define 2023? And I really felt strongly that that word was fortify, that God wanted us to take the things that we had launched, the things that we had begun to do, and he wanted us to strengthen it, that he wanted us to look and, and to, to, to evaluate what are the areas that we can grow in, that we can strengthen ourselves. And so we wanted to take this foundation and we wanted to build upon it and so some of those things that we wanted to do was we wanted to develop and position leadership, not just for our short-term success, but for our long-term success. We wanted to deepen our engagement within our community. We wanted to increase awareness of our church to the people that are all around us. And church, I can actually say that this year has been a church of fortifying in so many different ways. And maybe you don't realize it. Maybe it's hard to even acknowledge and recognize everything that we've accomplished this past year, but. This past year, we restructured our staff team. We enlisted and trained new community group and ministry leaders. We launched our very first internship program this past summer. We developed a pastoral advisory team and now have leadership in place to help lead our church forward in the coming season. We assisted and provided aid for local community organizations. Uh, we, we, we were directly helping people in our community we held three large-scale community engagement events. We had 228 people who served across those three large events. We gave over $100,000 away this year to local people in need, to community events, to local and foreign missions, and to helping plant more churches. Guys, this is amazing stuff that we've been able to do this past year in 2023, we've seen our average Sunday attendance grow by over 34% from this time last year. We had over 12,000 views on our YouTube. We've had so many following us on Facebook, hundreds of new followers on Instagram. We've been able to make more of an impact, more of a reach. And here I am standing in the future home of Keystone North Church as we have secured our first permanent facility. And we are in the process of raising funds to renovate this space, to become our home. So if you look back on 2023, I can definitely say that God has done a lot of things. And these things are just facts. They don't even go into the detail of all the lives that have been impacted, all the growth and the depth that has been fortified in, in the individual lives of people in our church. And as I was thinking about 2024 and praying and asking God, what is it that you want to do in this coming season? What is it that you, you want us to, to accomplish in 2024, I feel like the word is this. Are you ready? Accelerate. I feel like God wants to accelerate. 
that God has given our church an audacious dream. Uh, and I believe now is the time for God's people to get up off the couch and to go and do the work of the ministry that he's called us to do. That he's given us a dream to impact our community, not just to exist within it, but to make a difference in the lives of people all around us. And I know it can be easy when you look around to, to, to think of this mission as so big, it's so impossible, it's this huge calling. And, and it seems like there's more and more adversity coming against us. I believe this is actually a season for us to trust God to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. And so this morning, I'm not gonna take a whole lot of your time, but I do wanna go through a, a story in the, the book of Ezekiel, because I think it can be so pertinent to us today. In Ezekiel chapter 37, there's a story uh, of, of a moment where the prophet Ezekiel, who had, who had been declaring all the things that God had been pouring through him to the, to the people of Israel and trying to call his people back to him. And in a lot of these chapters, it's not very good stuff. In fact, at this point, the, the kingdom of Israel has actually divided into two separate kingdoms and they've begun to rebel against God. They've turned away from his ways, his commands. And, and, and God has said, if you do this, this is gonna happen and all these different consequences. And honestly, at this point in time, things look bleak. It's almost this, this moment of the greatest adversity. It's almost the, the darkest moment that you can imagine where God begins to illuminate his faithfulness and his goodness. And I believe that is the very season that we are in right now. In Ezekiel 37, one, it says this, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. And it was full of bones. Imagine this, this is a vision that God has, has given Ezekiel the prophet. And he's now in this valley and it says, and he led me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. Does that not seem like the culture around us, that there are bones and it's not just that, that there's bones, but it's just very dry that it seems like things are bleak. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh Lord God, you know. And I love that response, even Ezekiel in this moment, he's not you know, coming up with some crazy cliche answer. He's not even probably responding in the doubt, but he's trusting in God. He's saying, you know what? I don't exactly know exactly what you mean but I trust you. And it says, then he said to me, prophesy, declare over these bones, speak over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And can I tell you, that's exactly the season that we're in. We are in a season where we don't need uh, just more good, positive thinking. We don't just need more encouraging uh, anecdotes that are coming across our social media feed. You know what we need? We need to hear the word of of the Lord. It is the power of the word that can change and transform us. It says, thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. In verse seven, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, as he was beginning to speak, as he was beginning to respond in obedience and declaring what God had told him, it says this, there was a sound and beholding a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, there were sinews on them and the flesh had come upon them and the skin had covered them. 
but there was no breath in them. As I was reading this passage, you know, I begun to reflect on the progressive part of this, that God was gradually causing the bones to, to move enough to rattle. They came together and then the sinews and the flesh and the tendons and the muscle and all of a sudden the skin is here. And, and sometimes that is so uh, perfectly aligned with the way things work in our lives that God works in a process that step by step he begins to put us back together. But there's this final moment where that even though it looks good on the outside, even though he's done everything that that, that on the external, there's something missing. And can I say this? I think that's something is the same thing that's missing from so much of the American church today, that we need the breath of God. We don't need the systems and structures. We don't need uh, all of the different fancy uh, items and gadgets and, and programs and all of that. Those things are great. But what we really need, what we really need to cry for, and what I believe God is calling us to hunger for in 2024 is the breath of his spirit. And I love this, in the original language, there's this word breath that is used and it's, it's the same word that can be used for wind, it can be used for spirit, it is this, this all-encompassing word. And I think it's the very thing that even as you look back into creation, it's the presence of God being breathed out that causes life to happen. And it says this, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And I know that this passage, maybe you've heard it before, and I really believe that this passage is actually, it's prophesying about it, a future end times event that is coming to pass. I believe that it is, it's, it's God promising something that will happen in the future. But I can also, uh, you can see some hints of the resurrection in this passage, the foreshadowing of what was to come with Jesus in the last days. But, but can I honestly tell you this? I don't believe the passage as we read this is so much about Israel it's, I don't think it's so much about Ezekiel. I don't think it's so much about us as I think it's about the faithfulness and the goodness and the power of God. That when I look at this, I can see that God is looking down in his sovereign nature and he's seeing Israel in its most broken state. And even that moment, he looks back and he says, I can piece it back together. I remember um, a few years ago, we were out to dinner, Amanda and I, and um, it was just kind of like post-COVID where we were kind of out in, in this like tent type area and, and we're all seated, you know, seven feet apart, our tables. And, and I, I got up and, and I, I had to go to the bathroom and I was going to wash my hands. And, and as soon as I got up, what was funny is, is Amanda was sitting there eating and, and she was like eating some chips and salsa. And I guess maybe she was in a hurry to eat it all before I got back. But as soon as I got up, she, she swallowed a chip wrong and she started coughing and choking but she didn't want to cough because, you know, everybody's going to think she's got the virus, right? And so she's trying to hold this in. And meanwhile, she's tearing, kind of like convulsing and coughing. And I had turned my back and left and I had no idea what was happening behind me. And what's funny is I, I, I sat back down and she was like, where were you? Everybody was looking at me crazy. Like I was an insane person because I'm trying not to cough, but I have to cough and I'm choking, but I can't be choking. And I don't want people to think this. And, and somebody probably thought that you just broke up with me and left me and I'm here crying and, and all these different things that had happened. And you know what's so funny is all this is going through her mind. 
all this struggle was happening for her and I was completely oblivious. And my biggest fear is that we would be a church that is completely oblivious to the need and the hurt and the things that are happening to people all around us. That we would ignore the fact that there are people that are hurting and broken, that we pass by day in and day out, that live in our neighborhoods, that, that go to our workplaces, that we pass in the grocery stores and all these different opportunities that we have to be the light, to give hope and to encourage somebody and we miss out on it. And so my, my heart is that our church in 2024, we would accelerate, that we would not be passive, that we would not be apathetic. Can I tell you something? I think the greatest enemy of the American church today is not Satan. I know that sounds big, but Jesus has already defeated Satan. I think the biggest enemy of the American church today is our comfort and complacency, that we have become apathetic to the very need and the mission that God has called us to take part in. And instead, in fact, many of us, we sit back and we commentate on the culture and, the, and everything that's happening around us. And I don't believe that the, the job of the church is to commentate on the state of the, the community around us. It's to go and make it better and be the hands and feet of Jesus, to get our hands dirty, to do the work that God has called us to do. And so the challenge I believe for us is this, to rest in the faithfulness and the goodness of God that even all around us, as things look crazy and hopeless, that we can trust that God can make the bones rattle again, that he can put the flesh back on, and ultimately that he can breathe his breath of life into hopeless and dead situations. And it is our job to go out and be the army, to be the ones prophesying, to be the ones declaring and praying and, and, and hearing the word of the Lord and proclaiming it to people all around us. What would that look like for us, church, in 2024 to go all in and accelerating the vision that God has given us? That we believe that every person has a purpose that God has created them for. And that as we walk in that purpose together, we can see our community transformed by the power of the gospel, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are praying and believing for nothing short of revival in our community. We are believing for God to move in ways that we've never seen or experienced before. I, I, I hope, my, my heart is that our church would be a people who are so desperate and dependent on God, that we would be a praying people, unceasingly, unswervingly dependent on God, that the ears of heaven would be ringing with the prayers of God's people in Keystone North, not just for our own needs, not for our own concerns, our own desires, but for the mission that God has given us, for the people that God has called us to care for. And so I'm asking you, are you willing to go in and accelerate what God has called you to, what God has called us to, together? It's gonna require some change. It's gonna require some sacrifice. We're gonna to have to shift our desires and our priorities so that we can see a radically different outcome than what we've experienced before. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, I'm tired of the same old, same old, the, the, the things that we've been putting in, it's not working. We need to do something different. I've seen too much of building the brands and personal empires and not enough of building the, the kingdom of God. May 2024 be the year that we sacrifice our time our treasure and our talent in order to see God do what we've never seen before. So you may be sitting there and thinking, you know, this, this kind of sounds cool. This kind of sounds exciting. This kind of sounds like something I want to be a part of. 
but how can I help accelerate the vision of Keystone North? How can I help come and be a part of changing and transforming lives so that we can see our community changed? I think there are many different ways and maybe the Holy Spirit is already speaking to you what that is, but you can give financially to help this happen, open door. You can give to our regular general offering, but can I tell you something? I'm not so worried about finances. God is the provider. And so I believe that if God has opened the door, he's gonna provide. So I'm not necessarily worried about finances from our perspective, but I am worried about, are you being submitted fully to God? The other way you can help accelerate this is you can join a serve team. Did you know that, that every Sunday we, we have so many people, in fact, that's why we're doing this today online so that we can give some of our people a, a Sabbath, a, a day of rest, a break. There are so many people that give of their time and energy to come and help make church happen week in and week out that are a part of community groups and a part of our community engagement events and a part of all the different things that we do as a church. And I believe that as you, you serve, it's not that you're giving and you have to sacrifice and you lose out. I think that you gain by serving. So you can join a serve team you can get in a group and all of this, help make it healthy, help make it uh, uh, beneficial and encouraging for people around you. Can I tell you something that I also think you can help us with in accelerating the vision? Invite people, go out and find people, find, find people who are, are looking and searching for something, longing for something, invite them to come to church, invite them to come to community group, invite them to come to your house for dinner, invite them into the journey of faith that God has you in. The next thing is share your faith. And I know this is, this is hard. I know it's awkward because we don't want to seem like we're forcing it on people. But if we really believe the power of the gospel, then we, we should want to share it with people. You can pray. You can fast this year. You can become a person who is, who is actually seeking the heart of God. Another way you can accelerate the vision is this, is you can invest in yourself spiritually. Can I tell you, as I know you're about to make some resolutions, I think number one should be for you to be the most healthy spiritual uh, that you've ever been in your entire life. That it's not about getting the, the smaller waist size. It's, it's not about getting more money in the bank. But what if this year you were really concerned and you were orienting your life about becoming the healthiest spiritual you've ever been in your life? And what difference could that make for the people around you, your family, your friends, your coworkers? Church, I believe that this is a time for God to do immeasurably more and it requires us to give more. It requires us to serve more. It, it requires us to pray more, to believe more, to trust more, to reorient ourselves fully on Him. And I know that, that today is the last day of a year and tomorrow is the new day of a new year and, and you're already thinking about all that kind of stuff, but can I tell you something? You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You can begin right now to make the decision to go all in for what God is calling us to do. What would it look like 365 days from now if we collectively as a church decide that we're going to get serious about the mission to see the dry bones rattle, to see God resurrect and change and transform our community so that we can make a difference in people's lives. God has been so faithful to us. God has been so good to us. God has opened the door and I believe he is now telling us it's time to run forward. Let's do this together, church.